Hello, good friends. Welcome to another episode of the Lost Map Podcast. I am your still-loving, still-breathing host, Pictish Trail. Hi. I'm speaking to you from my little shed here on the Hebridean Isle of Egg. It's quite simply where I live. This episode is part two of our interview with Rosie Plain. The previous episode was part one. That's how numbers work. In that previous episode, Rosie talked about her life in music thus far, the journey she's made across four solo albums, as well as her work with This Is The Kit, among other collaborations. In this episode, the one that you're listening to right now, with thine ears, Rosie talks about her experience on the Isle of Egg back in January of 2020, when she collaborated with her friends Gerard Black and Jamie Whitby Coles for our residency project, Visitations. Visitations. We invited Rosie and friends to come up to the island and spend a week in solitude within the confines of our little cottage, St. Franny's Bothin. They actually only spent four days up here due to touring commitments, but within that time they managed to create a six-track EP stroke mini-album, which we are now releasing on vinyl as part of our Visitations Series 2 package. If you subscribe to Visitation Series 2, you will receive three slabs of vinyl, music that's been created on the island by Arthur King, a Los Angeles collective who made cosmic improvisations consisting of field recordings, found sound and ambient exploration, and who featured Granddaddy's frontman Jason Lytle as part of their team. The second record is by Rachel Ags, band leader with the post-punk groups Trash Kit, Sacred Paws and Shopping, who created her first solo album on Egg with guitar, violin and drum machine. And the third record in the series is by Rosie, Gerard and Jamie, and you'll hear clips of the music that they made throughout this episode, in fact. The Visitations vinyl package comes with CD copies of each release, as well as a digital download. You can find out more about all of this by going to lostmap.com forward slash visitations. There's going to be a bit of a series roundup at the end of this episode, so keep an ear out for that. Okay, that's that. Uh, bit of admin done. We drink a tea. Hmm. For today's episode, Rosie sat down with her collaborators to discuss their experience on the island together. Gerard Black is the singer and songwriter with the Glasgow-based electropop band Babe, as well as playing synth in the Rosie Plain band. He's also collaborated with Francois and the Atlas Mountains, Archie Pell and Charlotte Gainsbourg. Jamie Whitby Coles has played drums with Rosie for the last few years as well as being a co-member of This Is The Kits Live Band and he also has his own solo project called B-Fax and there's a new B-Fax record that is out right now. Here's the gang. We are in the garden in Winchester, in my parents' house. We've come here to work on some new stuff while my parents are away. I am Rosie. I'm Gerard. And I'm Jamie. <laughs> I haven't done any residencies like this before. I think it was possibly my first residency. Mm -hmm. I can't think of any others that I've done. So I was very up for doing it. Yeah. And I heard about visitations from you. <laughs> Rosie. 
And yeah, I heard about it from Johnny because Johnny was saying about building the Bothy and they were going to do these residency projects. I guess we've sort of, you know, been to places to work on things, but I've never really gone anywhere to just work on a separate project yeah. that didn't that wasn't sort of my songs or this is the kit songs because it was because it's making a new thing that seemed like a sort of appealing challenge and obviously just getting to go to egg, egg to do it well that's it we've maybe been places that have had a lot of distractions and i think the appealing thing about going to egg was having no distractions mm. just us and the bothy <laughs> yeah yeah and the chickens and the chickens but have you done any? You must have. Well, done I've some. done I've done a few in, in like venues in France with France and Atlas Mountains, mm. and it's like you know you're just going through the set again and again, and the lighting engineers twiddling knobs and stuff like that. Okay, so there's a different kind of very, yeah, very different. I like the idea. It was collaboration. It wasn't working on your stuff. My bloody songs. And I'd never been to Egg before, so I was very excited. Yeah, first time on Egg. Yeah. And it fulfilled all my, because uh, <laughs> I'd heard lots about it from you and yeah. everybody and from the festival, but I'd never managed to... Yeah, it's funny that you'd never been there before. It sort yeah. of felt like you had been there before. Yeah, I was very excited. With visitations, I'm always keen for acts to try out something new, take a different approach and to feel free to experiment, and that's really proven to be the case with every release that we've done over the past two series. The hope is that it takes off the pressure of releasing something with any specific expectations, they don't need to create something that sounds like the previous records they've made. So when I invited Rosie to take part, I mentioned that there was room for her to bring friends and collaborators, if she wanted to, and guess what? She did. I mean, you already know that. We've just introduced them. For this podcast, I sent Rosie a list of questions, among which was asking her how she met Gerard and Jamie. And here the three of them talk about that. Uh, They mentioned Home Game, which was the name of a festival I put on in Anstruther in Fife from 2004 until 2013. It was a festival that was definitely influenced by the sense of community garnered at Green Man Festival, which had launched the previous year. Rosie played home game quite a number of times over the years. Gerard's old band Findogask played too, and so did This Is The Kit. I met Gerard through Francois. Actually, no, that's not... Well... Through Johnny, really. Through Johnny, when you were in... Anstruther. Anstruther. But was that, what were you playing? That wasn't Babe, that was... That was my old band, Findogask. That was Findogask. Our last ever gig. At the home game in Anstruther. Lots of things happened because of that festival. Uh, there was the last gig with my band, Findogask. And it was... Uh, fucking hell. There's a big wasp. There's not a big wasp. <laughs> it's a hoverfly. It's a hoverfly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and at that, at that festival I met... I met you, Rosie. I met Francois. I mm. met Charlotte and Benjamin from Archipel. I met loads of folk, and yeah, my life changed at that, at that point. Uh, six months later, I was living in France. Hmm. I had a new band called Babe. 
Francois asked me to play with him. Mm. Did you meet Amory for the first time then? Oh yeah. Oh, wow. oh my god. He was moshing up the front of uh, up the front. Of you front thought of immediately, me. I like that. Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, because I was going out with Francois, Gerald was playing with Francois. Started playing with me sometimes. Do you remember how specifically? No. It was an old when you played in when we played in Dublin. You were supporting us. It was like a O2 Academy type thing. <laughs> yeah, and we were playing in like the bar. The bar, and <laughs> the bar upstairs in the main venue was closed. So all the people were like funneling downstairs yeah. to get their booze and then just going straight back up again. Yeah. So you, you were like maybe going to play to no one. Yeah, yeah. Or just like a, yeah. like backs turned. We all decided to just like jump on stage and be your backing band for it. Oh. Yeah, that? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, I met you in Bristol <coughs> through Kate. Through Kate, yeah. because you had started playing with Kate. Then I started playing in This Is the Kit, and then yeah, I guess a similar sort of thing. I would have been supporting This Is the Kit sometimes, and you played with me, yeah, a bit on some songs. And then I guess the first time we all did stuff together was recording Friend. Friend, though probably maybe there'd been some shows before that or something mm. I wonder if they're had you got had you must guys must I have think met, before. met before but it's when we properly bonded I think yeah yeah that was amazing that was just the four of us wasn't it with Amory with Amory like three and Amory and Shit. yeah I think I'd met you briefly maybe once or twice I was very nervous <laughs> coming up but you welcomed me with open arms <laughs> <laughs> and then we did that in a ridiculous few days yeah then you sort of felt like that was a good a good team a good team yeah i love what gerald and jamie bring to it and i've always just totally trusted them with quality musicality quality, quality musicianship quality control <laughs> so and yeah, so it was a it was a cool thought. The thought of uh, even though, of course, we worked together a lot, just trying to do something that was more collaborative. So, in January of this year, the three of them came up to Egg in a very tightly packed van. We'd played a Pictish Trail Rosie playing gig together a few days beforehand in Glasgow as part of Celtic Connections, which is a festival they have in Glasgow at the start of every year. It was a really great gig, totally packed. It's funny thinking about that time now, because live gigs just seem like a distant memory now. Oh God. Anyway, we played that gig and I met them all a few days later in Malig as they were about to take the ferry over to the island. playing at Celtic Connections Festival and then realised that there would be this convenient Scottish window of five days to, that we could come to Egg. So it was cool that we sort of had the van full of stuff so we could sort of feel quite luxurious in in sort of stuff we were bringing with us. And you had the permit. You got and permit. we got a permit to bring the van onto Egg so we could just bring everything. Roll up. Roll up. I remember we thought initially, oh, we can do lots of vocals and harmonies. 
which was actually proved to be the hardest bit. Yeah. <laughs> and probably the thing we did the least. Yeah. In the actual recording. Was yeah. The sort of we had sort of words and. Yeah. Maybe some ideas, but didn't. Yeah. And there also we kind of ran out of time because it was we only ended up having three days. Yeah. Yeah. To do everything. Yeah, because I think um, we got there on the Monday, set everything up, and then had to leave on the Friday again because we carried on a tour that we were on. But yes, on the journey, on the way out, we started in Bristol because that's where some of the band were. And we drove to Glasgow, and when we got to Glasgow, realised that my bag full of clothes had been left in Bristol. And um, so... Jared's fault. No, I think it was I think it was Leon's fault. Was it my fault? I, wasn't even, I, I think I was there. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. It was my fault. It wasn't your fault. It was no one's fault. It was Leon's fault. But secretly, I think it was Leon's fault. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't have any clothes apart from the ones I was wearing. So then we drove off to Egg. I think we had to leave at like five in the morning to go and get the ferry. There was also a slightly hairy moment because I didn't think about booking the van onto the tiny little ferry to Egg. But there was just enough space for one white white transit van. No, not transporter, thank you. But yeah, so we got it onto Egg, had some chips on the ferry and picked up Johnny at the ferry port Mm because he was on the same ferry and then arrived... In the mist, did we? In the mist. Yeah, Yeah, I think pretty much the whole time we were there, it was really, really misty. Or torrential rain. Or torrential rain. Yeah, I think looking at the weather thing, it just said 100% rain, 100% rain, 100% rain. It was just sort of like, it was in a cloud. You sort of couldn't see more than sort of 10 metres or something. It was really sort of deep mist the whole time. But yeah, we got there. Sarah got her quad bike with a trailer and helped us take all the stuff up to the bothy. It was sort of bigger than I imagined it would be. It sort of felt a bit sort of palatial. And we set the stuff up, and then I think we went immediately out for an explore. We went to the beach, Larg Beach, I think, mm. and it was sort of eerie and bleak and beautiful. Yeah, and then off we went. Off we went. Came back. We had some recording equipment. Johnny had uh, some monitors to lend us. We had brought quite a lot of microphones with us. Johnny had some microphones, and so yeah, we sort of <clears throat> immediately just sort of got everything set up, ready to go, and then. I think we just sort of tried to sort of start. I remember I sort of thought, oh, we might feel shy around each other. Or, you know, or that as a, just, you know, just the, like, oh, okay, here we go, just trying stuff for the first time. And it hadn't sort of crossed my mind about feeling a bit shy about it or something. But I remember slightly feeling that. I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) Just me. (laughs) I'm glad I can reveal that to you now both. Yeah, I remember just being really excited about... Well, I was crippled. Crippled. (laughs) Well, you were crippled with... We were excited about playing, even trying to play drums. And then we were like, I wonder what we'll make. And then the first thing we did was like a really baggy sounding... Yeah, 90s. 90s anthem, yeah. <laughs> yeah happy Mondays. <laughs> that, which you were listening to a lot at the time. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was where that came from. 
<laughs> yeah, we were instantly influenced by the surroundings of Egg. Came up with a Happy Monday song. <laughs> Did we have a little routine? We got loads of nice food. We got in. loads of nice food. We didn't really have a routine, I don't think. No. We had an evening routine. We had an evening routine that whiskeys. was me going to bed and Gerald and Jamie <laughs> Drink, staying up. Drinking whiskey and doing terrible vocals. <laughs> Tr- try, yeah, trying, <laughs> trying to find some vocals and just ended up me finding the most ridiculously cheesy and, uh, yeah, none of which got used. No. Thank goodness. Uh, but they are all recorded, yeah, mm. unfortunately. I've got them safe. Never to be... My insurance policy. Uh, uh, yeah. Excellent. You can use it against us in uh, future scandals to come <laughs> when we try and sue you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it was just that for three days. Yeah. Kind of, just maybe you had a couple of bits on your guitar. We ended up doing quite a lot of stuff. We did a lot of stuff. I felt like we kept on sort of taking stock a bit, being like, okay, that is a thing. Yes. We can come back to that as a thing. And then maybe after a day or so, sort of maybe started coming back to stuff and... Picking the, the, and the ones we thought were the best bits or something. Yeah. And working on them. Yeah, because there were things that were maybe a little bit too, like, Rosie plain, and we thought, OK, let's not yeah. follow with them and leave them for another day. Leave them for Rosie plain. Yeah. There was some babe stuff, like, that we started working on, and then we are like, hang on, this is a babe thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yours, mate. <laughs> We'd thought about doing loads of singing, but, yeah, I've, I've sort of never, like, uh, written words with other people. Neither have I. So... We didn't do that much singing when we were there, but we each independently afterwards, because people sort of had notebooks when um, they were there and we sort of ended up doing a lot of the singing separately, but sort of maybe from stuff that we'd been thinking about while we were there. But yeah, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? I've never sort of immediately written words responding to my surroundings or something or like, or, you know, or like it's how does where you are influence your influence and it like sort of immediately I feel like sort of you know just the sort of space and vibe we were able to get in you can sort of like musically you can you can sort of go into into places and sort of yeah I feel shyer about that sort of yeah. uh, lyric wise apart from that 2-1 that uh, we did those lyrics there 2-1 one. One, none.
And also, I do remember when listening back how there are maybe two or three of the songs which I feel like are very watery. There's a, definitely a watery, yeah. like the sounds. I think maybe especially the synth sounds. So I think that was definitely a, a thing that maybe came from our. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say moist environment, but <laughs> mm. uh, but but you know because. It was sort of drizzle or rain all the time, and then surrounded by mist, you could sort of maybe see what a few hundred yards or something, yeah, yeah, max all the time. And it was, yeah, but suddenly sometimes it, it would, would disappear it. and yeah. like reveal the whole island. Right. And like on the last day, you could suddenly see the amazing distance, yeah, yeah. and then it would disappear again and reappear. But the last one we did when we were there was the do you remember what's it called? I can't remember what any of the songs are called. What was Trixie. that called? Trixie? Trixie. Did we go in there? Just, yeah, that was like, I think that was the last thing we did when we were there. Uh. And it sort of, I remember there just being a very nice feeling when we were doing that. Yes. And, it, and it sort of, uh, it felt like a sort of thought about the time or something. Some, like it sort of... The most related to the... Yeah, or I just remember you sort of saying like, oh, this is what it's been like or something. Yeah. Or like, that felt like a really um, sort of vibe about it yes. or something. About the whole... Yeah. experience yeah yeah it. yeah I think that um, true. do you remember as well we were like reading like about the history of, of the egg when we were there and that felt really incredible you're in a place so just your interest in it is more because you're there when we went to Johnny and Sarah's house Sarah had told us all these spooky ghost yes. stories yeah, yeah, yeah. and then sort of yeah reading about the crazy history of egg and just like all this shit that has gone down you know, and it sort of seems more extreme because it's this island, just it's sealed off by nature. It's a thing. Mm. So so you sort of think about the history of it in this sort of really concentrated way. Mm. And then, but then I remember sort of thinking, wow, but this is also just like everywhere. Everywhere has quite a mental, brutal history where people just have found ways to kill each other for mm. crazy reasons. <laughs> but it was remarkable to be sort of in a place reading about the history mm. of a place and there you are in it and sort of going for a walk to the cave and stuff and then do you remember when we went out to I think it's the Singing Sands the view out there and that whole side of the island is so sort of sculpted out by the weather and just sort of thinking wow this is probably how it looked 3,000 years ago the raw earth it feels really ancient you can sort of really sort of you're j just the view you're looking at would have looked the same and that yeah. f that feels really rare to look at a raw bit of Rock. land like that that's just like weathered over thousands of years that yeah. felt really sort of powerful mm. It's always interesting to hear that your surroundings can have an effect on the music you make. I've lived on the island for about 10 years now, and although I can't say that any of my songs are lyrically about the history of the place or its people, or nature specifically, I am 
constantly inspired by the brutality of its mountainsides, the force of the surrounding waters, the open vistas, the beaches that stretch out in front of you, the unshifting, unstoppable momentum of the tides, the seasons, the routine that nature takes around you, in spite of you, the sheer disregard that nature has for you. It does instill this sense of powerlessness in a way, feelings of insignificance that are quite liberating. It allows you to put things in perspective. Now, trying to compose lyrics without feeling self-conscious can often be tricky at the best of times, not least if you're in a small bothy with other people and on a tight time schedule. That's why with this project, we always give the artists a bit of time afterwards to work on the recordings. As it turns out, I think most of the lyrics and vocal recordings for this EP took place about a month after the gang had left the island. Musically, the feel throughout the EP is one of warmth and togetherness. It feels quite self-assured. By contrast, lyrically, a few of the songs have an almost existential feel to them, self-consciously building something together out of nothing. On one of the songs, Beggy, there is a recurring chant, two, one, one, none, suggesting a distilling of ideas, boiling things down to their elements, and perhaps also the connectivity of everything, strengthened by all three voices singing in unison. On the song Bertie, they sing together, disappear, once was there, in the air, nothing there. And there's a self-conscious recurring refrain of this is happening on the song Flighty. That's always what I'm up for in music. I want to, I want to whittle things down. So that's great that Johnny said that. Yeah. Um, Is that chainsaw going to be a problem? Nah. Because no, he's just turned it. Because he's just turned it off. Thank you. I well yeah. So we sort of maybe each had a bit of a designated song to well, lyrics, I, and then yeah. people added things afterwards, and that. Our own personal favourites, which we said, oh, I'll do some vocals on that. Take or the lead on that. Take the, I'll take the lead on that. <laughs> uh. Thank you. <laughs> oh. oh, Chainsaw's back. But yeah, I enjoyed that bit of people sending their other stuff and then it, and then people working around that. Yeah, how long after was, it, was that? I think it was the next month was because we next? played that show in London and you two came to London to work on the stuff. Oh, that was good. That was a that was good, a nice little um, do. That was kind of before everything kicked off, was it? Well, it was February, yeah. yeah. So it was just before. yeah, yeah. Actually, we worked on vocals all together then. Yeah. At one point, we thought, oh, this was quite a nice little instrumental EP we've made with like a few bits of singing, and then I think we showed them to Amory, and he was like, where are the, where vocals? Are the vocals? Yeah. yeah. And we're like, oh yeah, fair. Yeah. So everyone yeah, got and, a bit yeah. braver yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. um, but it was, that was a really nice exercise, being brave. And, all, and also, all the vocals that were done by ourselves, it was good that we liked them all. Yeah, bonus, yeah. we liked them. Yeah. <laughs> I was lucky. I was, yeah, yeah, I was... I felt that like I'd done too many words, but did them anyway. 
rambled on. <laughs> rambled on. They call me rambled on. <laughs> um, that could be my new name. I remember hearing your vocals. That was they were great. Oh yes, for your Jared. tune. That's about me phoning the helpline. Remember when my sound card didn't really work when I first got there, and I thought oh, yes. I thought it was going crazy. Yeah, <laughs> for about three hours. Oh yeah, because oh. we were trying to work out how to latency and that from, spooky word from the buffer. You called the helpline, the the focus my sound cards helpline. Yeah. Are we allowed to say that? No, yeah, you're sorry, me. How was their helpline service? Good. Uh, very good. Yeah, it was good. Talked yeah. you through it. Well, they didn't. It wasn't even a problem they could fix, but. But just speaking to someone to, yeah. helped me realise what was going on. Help you turn it on. I remember the, <laughs> I remember the, yeah, the absolute. Well, you started just laughing uncontrollably when you'd realised actually there was nothing, there was no problem, but just talking to this chap on the other end. Uncontrollably laughing. You were, you were, no, I remember. It, you were really sort of joyous. Oh yeah, yeah. There wasn't an bit, issue. It was a breakthrough. Your, yeah, it was a breakthrough. Sorry about this chainsaw. I don't know what I can do about it. I can't do anything. Oh, God. Stages after the initial recording, all the vocals were done. We pretty much liked them all and... Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't like mine very much, but that's always the case. So... It was great, yours. Sorry. You did so many lyrics. Well, that's what I mean. It was rambled on. He <laughs> was on the mic too long. Um, Rambled on. <laughs> but it was fine and I got over that and um, well, I'm quite pleased with it all at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Tidy. And it felt like a, yeah, it felt like a really good representation of that time. Yeah. On the island. And I yeah. guess also what followed, you know, the sort of months yeah. and the craziness that followed sort of after, you know. Yeah. Well it was good to sort of apply I don't know, just sort of... It was nice to think of it as as just as that project, not not an ongoing thing. Like, yes. you know, sort of working out what we'd done there and getting the best bits out of yeah. that. What um what happened on Egg? We had a night out at the tea room. Oh, yeah, where we did a one uh, field recording. Well, we borrowed Johnny's Zoom recorder, thinking, yeah. oh, we'll sample the birds or something or the waves or something. But we didn't really do that, and we just sampled... Uh, someone, the chat. The chat at the tea room. Yeah. Which was pretty incoherent. <laughs> yeah. But worked, but worked well that it was incoherent. Yeah. yeah. You can, it's on that baggy song, so I suppose it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Made lots of vids on my phone. But yeah, we had a sort of nice outing each day. We went, yeah. you guys played Whatever lots of weather, football. Lots of footy mm-hmm. when we could. Yeah, some good walks. <laughs> <laughs> Our interview recording cuts off at this point as the chainsaw you could hear was cutting through a large elm which sadly crushed Rosie, Jamie and Gerard to death. This might be a good time to wrap things up anyway. Apologies for the chainsaw, but there you go. It gives the whole thing a bit of atmosphere, doesn't it? Maybe you've already switched off.
There's more of the interview with Rosie, Gerard and Jamie, but we'll make that available as a bonus download for folks that subscribe to Visitations. There's plenty of extra chainsaw there for you. So this is the last episode of Series 2 of Visitations and the Lost Map podcast. I don't know if you'll have listened to all of the interviews, but for me it's been a really fun project to do. The hope was that we'd create an archive of music recorded on Egg and in turn introduce you to some new artists and get some insight on their writing and recording process. With the first series of podcasts, I was chatting to the artists directly, face to face, and in the second series, all the interviews were conducted remotely. I'm going to think again about how best to do it for the next series of visitations, but I wanted to take some time just now just to look over what we've done. As I probably mentioned on a previous episode, when we first started this project, the initial idea was to create a singles club with each artist recording just two songs, each under five minutes in length, and releasing them on seven-inch vinyl. But when our first participant, Monogonon, handed over 40-plus minutes of music, I felt it was important to find a way of letting other people hear as much of it as possible. It was exciting to me that he'd been able to create so much stuff, and it would feel like a misrepresentation of his time spent here if we just distilled it into two tracks. Still, I waited until Free Love and Slow Tree sent over their recordings before making a final decision on what format that first series should take. Funnily enough, we had Free Love down for dinner one night. They were the second participants in the project and they'd been in the Bothy for a few days. I think Monogonon's mixes had just arrived and I was playing his music to them while they were having dinner. Hey guys, look, this is what John's done. That was my impression of myself. Uh, Maybe hearing that spurred them on to make a full EP themselves. Who knows? I hope it didn't add any pressure. But yeah, the sheer amount of music that's come from Visitations has just floored me and it's been a privilege to have found ways of releasing it all. I should say I really appreciate the fact that all the musicians involved have been really patient with me whilst I've been trying to work out the best way of bringing everything together. It's definitely helped that all those who've been involved have been super resourceful, self-sufficient, DIY Whilst I was working out what equipment was going to be needed and what was realistic in terms of what was being asked of them. Sometimes you have an initial vision with a project and then it starts and presents you with outcomes that you hadn't anticipated. And at that point you have to take a step back and adapt your plan slightly, reassess or even just remind yourself of what your aims were. There was a plan at one point to have each contributor write a diary entry every day and take a minimum of five photographs and the list went on. Ultimately, what the two series have taught me in an organisational capacity is that the focus should always be on the music and the rest of it will come together. What I've really enjoyed about the six releases across the two series has been that each artist we've invited over has tried something new. Monogonon's record was his first full-length foray into electronics, which he's gone on to explore further with Undermedvet and Hetten and Devonanon. Susie and Lewis created their first music under the name Free Love Here, a concept EP about alien abduction. Abby and Neil, having spent years playing as part of British Sea Power, created their first full EP of their own music as Slow Tree and made an amazing 40-minute film of their experience too. Jason Lytle used the opportunity to invite his friends from Arthur King over and that was the first time he'd been part of that collective. Rachel Ags took time out from her non-stop schedule with her three bands to record her first solo album here. And as we've just heard, Rosie Plain relished the opportunity to create something different with her pals, Jared and Jamie. Something that wasn't centred around her songwriting, but was a brand new project that blended their voices together. This is something I'm going to keep in mind for future series, because I think the approach that each of these artists have had has been conducive to the writing and recording process. They've not come into it thinking, oh, I need to create something that people expect from me. 
they've deliberately done something new. And listening through each of the podcast interviews, I don't think any of them had any preconceived notions as to what they would create. And maybe this is a good template for creativity in general, stretching your boundaries, exploring, taking chances. As a fan of all these artists, I've been really interested in hearing their stories and getting some insight into their creative process. As a musician myself, and someone who hasn't been especially prolific over the last five years, hashtag kids, the thing that's been most inspiring for me has been witnessing the artists engage with the project with no specific preconceptions or even preparation, just kind of surrendering themselves to it, immersing themselves into experiencing the island and managing to come up with so much good stuff out of nothing. It's been nice to have a reminder that that's possible. It seems almost ridiculous me talking about that because I live here, I should know. I found this year really tricky in terms of having my own time to work on things. And that's fine, I think. You know, 2020 has been an insane year and either people have immersed themselves into creating stuff or or they've avoided it altogether because trying to engage in any sort of introspective exercise seems futile during a time of global crisis. I've been lucky that there's been so much other music coming out on Lost Map anyway, and our Post Map Club series has been a real revelation on that front. That's what's really kept me motivated over the last seven or eight months. Back to visitations, though. I hope you've enjoyed this series. If you've purchased the music subscription, I hope these podcasts have been a nice accompaniment. If you've not purchased the music, I hope these podcasts have been a nice introduction to some new artists. Series 2 is still available to purchase on vinyl and we're going to have more copies of Series 1 available at the end of this year, so keep a lookout for those. You can find more information on every release thus far by going to lostmap.com forward slash visitations. I've said more than enough, so I'll head off now. I'm going to start putting together the first episode of Series 3 of the Lost Map podcast, which comes out on November 1st. Huge thanks, as always, to Joe Cormack, who's done all the editing of the interviews and audio production stuff for each episode, including the lovely jingle. And uh, thanks to David Galtley as well for the design and maintenance of the Visitations website and the podcast. To close the show, here's another track from Rosie's EP with Gerard and Jamie. This track is called Marcy. Thanks for listening.
the box is mine.